Wow, we had an awesome waffle sale yesterday, right? Shrove Tuesday was just a blast. Thank you to everyone who participated, but I do have to confess, I smell like waffles still, <laughs> right? And uh, the problem, though, with the smell of it is that it doesn't smell as fresh as it did yesterday, right? It's kind of waffles and, I don't know, day-old waffle smell. It just doesn't smell good anymore, right? It's got the hints of it, but it's not making me hungry anymore, right? And I've been smelling it all day as I've been walking around, and when I come in the church and go in my office, everything smells like waffles. I'm surrounded with the aroma of waffles. Right? That smell of that indulgence from yesterday is still sticking around. And I think that happens to us spiritually in our lives as well. Right? The smell of indulgence sticks with us over the days. And I can tell you what, the smell of sin has nothing to do with vanilla. Right? It does not smell anything like waffles at all. Similarly, our dishwasher gave up its ghost this last week. And we didn't have an immediate replacement, right? So it kind of sat there mid-cycle for a while. Right? And the water that came into it was clean and nice, and it had all these nice detergents in there to clean things. But over the course of the days, what do you think happened to that water in that dishwasher? It got funky. Right? We tried to get it all out before it went funky on us. But when my dad and I were pulling it out finally yesterday and trying to put in a new one, there was still some water left in that drain hose. I don't know if it was water, right? It smelled like maybe a dead rat in there. I mean, it was horrible. It smelled like death. And everything it touched, everything that water splashed on, smelled like death. No, it was gnarly. I didn't like that at all. Right? And that odor just stuck around. There was no hope for that hose and that dishwasher but to be removed and disposed of and replaced with a new one. In our reading from Joel, the people of Israel are encouraged by God. He says, Yet even now, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. When did people rend their garments? And what does it mean to rend your garments? To tear them, right? You guys remember the World Wrestling Federation, right? With... uh, with the incredible, with Hulk, right, Hulk Hogan, he would tear his garment. But he didn't do it out of repentance, I don't think, did he? No, he did it to show off his giant muscles or whatever, intimidate his, his foe. Why would people in the Old Testament rend their garments? An outward sign of repentance, a sign of, of woe, of anguish, right? They would tear their garments as a sign of, that they were upset. Now, there's a danger to rending your garments, right? And what is that? Well, there's several dangers, right? Hopefully you've got layers on underneath. But the other dangers are what? That you're doing it for the people who are watching and not for God. Absolutely. That is the greatest danger of rending your garments, is that you can fake it. Right? Even in our world, people fake the outward signs of repentance, but inside have no real desire to repent. And so so they were warned by Joel to rend your hearts and not your clothing. Because you can't fake a heart that's broken 
over grief of what's gone on in the world or what's gone on in your life. You can't fake it because who looks at the heart? God looks at the heart. There's no faking it. God wanted his people to come back to him. He wanted them to return, not so that he could punish them, not so that he could rub their nose in it, but so that they could be forgiven. So Joel says, Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relents from punishing. This is the God that Joel was encouraging people to return to. The God who is ready to forgive, slow to anger, and desirous to set people free from the bondage to sin. And that is the God that we follow as well. The God who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And we, like the people of Israel in Joel's time, need to repent. The smell of our sin is upon us like day-old waffles. Right? It's there. It's just... when We get used to it, don't we? We get accustomed to the smell of our sin. We get accustomed to the feel of it. We get used to it. And that's when it gets really dangerous, isn't it? When we get used to it. When it's like fresh and we can say... When it's like that dishwasher. Right? It's easy to be like, Blah, get that thing out of here. I don't want that in my house. But when you get used to the smell of it. When you get comfortable with your sin. That's when things are dangerous. Today, we are given this special opportunity of Ash Wednesday. This opportunity to examine our hearts through the grace of God. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who can show us that sin in our hearts. We have this chance to repent of those sins. To turn them over to God. And to start anew. Tonight, As we gather together, may you allow the Holy Spirit, may all of us allow the Holy Spirit to convict us of our brokenness, to reveal those areas of hardness of heart that we have sequestered away or that we've chosen to lie to ourselves about and to cover up. May we allow the Spirit to shine his light on those spots so that we might repent of them and return to the Lord and be forgiven and reconciled to the God of mercy and love. Jesus Christ died for this opportunity to forgive us. And may we seize this chance and turn to him with our heart, soul, and mind. Rend our hearts and not our garments. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the God of mercy and love. The God who wants to set us free from the bondage of sin. Lord, sometimes in our society it's portrayed that sin is really freedom. That doing what you want to do, Lord, is being free. But we know that's not true. We've been down that path before. And we know that the end of that path is slavery. Help us, Lord God, to repent of our sin so that we can be truly set free. Set free to worship you, to love you, and to live in your forgiveness and mercy and grace. And Lord, as we receive your grace, help us to not just keep it for ourselves, but to share it with others so that they might know the hope of following you. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.